Hey, welcome to Life's Too Short. I'm Melanie Cole, and you know, you gotta make the most of it, because it is so short, it goes by in the blink of an eye, and so many people ask me every day, all the time, about diets, and the paleo diet, Mediterranean diet, Atkins diet, they all want to know, and they all talk about the word carbs. I really hate that word, carbs, because it has this negative connotation, and I'm not sure that I like that because carbs are really good for you in certain circumstances, and we are going to talk about that today on Life's Too Short. Life's Too Short. Life's Too Damn Short. With your fun fitness friend, Melanie Cole. MS. Of course, my guest today is one of my fan favorites here at Radio MD, Dr. Brian Parry, Associate Professor of Exercise and Sports Sciences at the University of South Carolina in Aiken. Welcome to the show, Dr. Parr. So carbs, you you heard me say I don't like that word. People say, oh, I can't have carbs. And I always say a carrot's a carb. You know, a tomato's a carb, and all these things are carbs. It kind of makes me crazy, but you look at it as though there's necessary and unnecessary carbs. Let's talk about it. Sure. Well, first of all, let me tell you that I completely agree, and it drives me crazy when I hear the word carb, because it sounds like a dirty four-letter word when really Does, yeah. carbo- carbohydrates are necessary nutrients that we need. Um, and as you pointed out, um, to a point, we need them. You you can go overboard, but I, I think that there are some good ways to keep your carbohydrate intake reasonable and to match your needs without cutting out carbs altogether. So there's so many diets, paleo and Mediterranean, yeah. Atkins. Let's just kind of start with those low-carbohydrate diets. Now, carbohydrates, Dr. Parr, are responsible for our brain and spinal cord, for the glucose that we need there. Yeah. So when Car- people are on those low-carbohydrate diets, can they think clearly? I think so. When people go on low-carbohydrate diets, most of the time they are still eating enough carbohydrates to meet their needs. Very few people really go down to zero. So I think they probably are getting enough either by design, as in they're eating enough foods that contain carbohydrates for them, or... They're trying not to, but they're screwing it up just a little bit and and getting enough carbohydrates to meet their needs. But I do think that people go further than they probably need to reducing the carbohydrates that they eat when they follow those kind of diets. Um, I think that the idea of cutting out all carbs has replaced what would be cutting out what I call unnecessary carbohydrates or cutting out things that fall into the carbohydrate category that we know people should eat less of, like added sugars. And processed foods and bleached flowers. And so let's talk about unnecessary carbohydrates. What would those be that you want people to stay away from? And then we're going to talk about the necessary ones and the ones that they shouldn't be afraid of. Yes. Yeah, so people eat carbohydrates or should eat carbohydrates the same way they eat proteins and fats, which is in food, right, at meals. So I like to think of this as a, a typical, you know, dinner at home or dinner at a restaurant where you might have, a, you know, a main dish and, and a vegetable on the side and maybe some fruit and a salad. And some of those carbohydrates that you're eating are necessary for the dish you're having. So if you're eating spaghetti and meatballs, okay, the carbohydrates in the pasta, the noodles, would be necessary to make spaghetti and meatballs. The unnecessary carbohydrates would be the basket of breadsticks that you eat before you start eating 
the spaghetti and meatballs. Does that make sense? It does. Yes, it absolutely does. Because spaghetti could be whole wheat spaghetti, it can be spinach, it can be high fiber, it can be all kinds of things that are actually pretty healthy for you. That's absolutely right. And so what people will do is they'll say, my gosh, you know, I'm eating so many carbohydrates, I need to stop eating pasta, right? Or they might say, I need to stop eating bread. When really the too many carbohydrates they're getting very likely come as these extra carbohydrates that go along with the food that they're eating that that really aren't necessary to be part of that meal. Yeah, but how about the fact that maybe they say, I have to stop eating pasta or bread, but how about stop eating a huge bowl of pasta? Because that particularly (laughs) is in restaurants, especially the bowls could feed my family of four with leftovers. You're absolutely right. That gets to the idea of portions. And, And not only are we probably eating unnecessary carbohydrates and probably unnecessary fats and and other things as well, but we're eating so much of it. And especially at restaurants, uh, portions are huge, more than enough for one person, probably enough for two or three people. And even at home, this, you know, clean your plate, let's finish everything so there aren't any leftovers mentality um, really, I think, forces people to eating more than they should, and maybe more than they they even want to in in some cases. Now, people ask me about legumes, about grains and legumes and things like lentils and quinoa. And I've talked to people who say, I'm pre-diabetic, I'm not allowed to have lentils or beans, or and I look at them like they're nuts, because those are so good for you. Do you consider those? Are those carbohydrates? Are they in another class altogether? I mean, ultimately, they are carbohydrates. And again, this is where nutrition is a little more complicated than at least I would like it to be for people to, to figure it out. Yep. It gets to this, this, you know, people talk about good carbohydrates and bad carbohydrates. And I don't like to do that either. Because um, you're I demonizing the poor little carbohydrate. Exactly. They didn't do anything wrong. No. Um, <laughs> but it, it is really confusing for people because, you know, they hear... Well, that has a lot of carbohydrates. I shouldn't eat that. But maybe that's a smarter choice for them than than something else they might be eating it. And again, I just think this speaks to how this idea of food can get so complicated. Um, And, you know, it's no wonder that people are confused about this sometimes. But I do think that things like legumes, I think that, that whole grains, I don't think there's any reason that people should not eat those unless there is some specific medical condition that their doctor tells them not to. Now, on food labels, for example, Dr. Parr, it says total carbohydrates, and then you've got fiber under that and sugars under that. And sugars, again, can be very confusing. People think of white sugar, and then they think of candy and cake and cookies. Ooh, that sounds really good right now. But, you know, they they look at all of that, and that's what they think of. Tell us about the food labels, because if people are using labels as their guideline, which you and I both like them to do, we have to explain that carbohydrate part to them. We do. So, So carbohydrates and sugar in particular, I'm glad now that we're starting to see sugars separate from all carbohydrates on food labels. I think that will help people make better choices. But one thing that people have to keep in mind is that some sugars are naturally occurring in food and other sugars are added sugars. And I don't think there's anyone who would disagree with the advice to eat less added sugar. Um, 
So I'll give you an example. A glass of orange juice contains a certain amount of sugar, right? That's naturally occurring in the orange. A glass of orange soda contains almost the same amount of sugar, except that sugar is different. It's added sugar. It's not naturally occurring, and it probably comes in the form of high fructose corn syrup or, or something like that. Um, so just looking at the sugar number, you have to think about where it comes from as well. Um, well, and, again, and that's, that's right, and they do add that now the new labels by the FDA requirements say includes added sugars under that carbohydrate. That's right, and I, I think that'll really help people. And I think what it'll do is it will help people look at foods that contain carbohydrates and realize, is this a carbohydrate that's naturally occurring in the food, or is this something that was added in the processing of that food? And obviously, we want people getting their carbohydrates from food and as close to its natural source as they can, and not from added sugars and, and things that are added in processing. I think that's one of the reasons that speaks to the reason that people have demonized our little carbohydrates is because it's it's associated with the word sugar. And carbohydrates are a form of glucose that's stored and utilized and all of these other things. So they look at it as sugar, where necessarily certain types of refined sugars are not stored or anything except maybe as fat. Yeah, that's right. So all carbohydrates, when you eat them, ultimately get converted to glucose, your blood glucose. It, Remember studying the- that stuff? You teach that stuff. You teach the <laughs> Krebs cycle and all that stuff, don't you? I, I do, I do. Um, That's fun stuff. So some forms of carbohydrates, some foods, um, cause a spike in blood glucose a lot faster than others, and, and we call that the glycemic index. And so people hear about high GI foods and low GI foods and and this idea of glycemic index, which I think is helpful because usually foods that have lots of added sugar tend to have a, a higher glycemic index than foods that have, have less. Foods that are higher in fiber tend to have a lower glycemic index, so that's one of the reasons that whole grains are recommended, for example. So what do you tell people? Because I always just roll my eyeballs when people talk about not being able to eat certain things. And you know, Atkins was real popular there for a while. Then it got unpopular. Then it got popular again. And all of my friends that decided to try it were, you know, lost all this weight. And they're like, bacon and eggs, woohoo, cheese. And, you know, they're having such a good time eating ice cream and anything else they want to eat as long as it doesn't contain a vegetable, a fruit, or any sort of thing called a carbohydrate. And I just thought that was crazy. And then, of course, the minute that they give in and Jones for a piece of bread or an apple, they start putting weight back on. What do you tell people about some of those diets now? So my personal philosophy is all things in moderation, some things in more moderation than others. Yep. Um, I, I just... I just can't see any reason for most people to go to extremes in what they eat, eliminating whole food groups or types of foods or nutrients. Um, I think people do it, and I think it helps them eat less, and I think it, it kind of gives them something to get excited about, and it, I think it can be helpful. I think ultimately people can get away with eating almost whatever they want as long as they have earned those calories in that food. So at the last Olympics, there was a lot of talk about Michael Phelps and what he ate. And, and there was a, a, I saw on the web a, sort of a picture of all the food he'd eaten a day. And it was absolutely ridiculous. 
But he earned all that food, right? He ate a lot of sugar. He ate a lot of carbohydrates. He ate a lot of fat. But he earned it because he's very, very active. So I think that, that people think about the nutrition side and the cutting things out of their diet more than they think about, have I earned what I'm eating? And, and I think that balancing food with activity and exercise is probably as important as the actual food that people are eating. I think if you're looking for what to eat advice, um, Michael Pollan, on the cover of his book, In Defense of Food, it says, eat food, mostly vegetables, not too much. And I don't think you can really argue with that. Except for that, I don't know that you can have, can you have too many vegetables. I like vegetables over fruit personally, but I don't see how I could eat just really too many red peppers or green peppers or onions or, I mean, I'm a vegetable head. I just love them. And while I'm not a vegetarian, I do... I do include vegetables, salads at every single meal. Now, let's 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 cover this for people, Dr. Parr. Yeah. What you do want them to eat and how much a day of what is in quotation marks called carbohydrates they should be eating. So meat, fish, eggs, vegetables that grow above the ground, natural fats. So give them how many what you want them to eat in the carbohydrate family. Okay. So if you look at the recommendations for what people should eat for carbohydrates, there's a big range for most people for good health. And it's somewhere in the range of 45 to 65% of your calories. So about half your energy should come from carbohydrates in a day with an emphasis on vegetables, legumes, and whole grains. I think that that a lot of people will say you shouldn't have fruit because that has sugar in it. And I, I just find so few people that eat too much fruit that that's a problem. Um, I think that you need to get high-quality protein from some source, whether that is soy protein, which is a complete protein, or whether you're mixing grains and legumes, for example, rice and beans, things like that, um, to get your, your protein that way. Um, people need to, to meet their protein needs, which for most people is probably less than they think. Um, and healthy fats, um, which would be naturally occurring fats, and using healthy fats like uh, olive oil, for example. Um, I, eating meat is, is fine. I don't see anything wrong with, with eating meat. I think that, that as long as people are eating reasonable portions of meat, um, and again, if they're earning the calories from all of this food to balance it out, um, you know, I, I, I really... I don't think there's hard and fast rules of how many of each thing, but a variety of different foods and different types of foods um, that's, that's different each day. So people are, are, if they're a little low on one nutrient one day, they can make up for it the next. That's right. So uh, you can really make up for it. And also when you're working out, if you're an exerciser, of course you need that slow burning carbohydrate. So what about people call them starchies and they say potatoes. Now I prefer a uh, sweet potato to a white potato. I tell people to try and, you know, eat whole wheat pasta if they're going to over white pasta, whole wheat bread over white bread. Do you think there's something to that and steering clear of some of those starchy pastas or starchy um, carbs? Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you were, if most people were going to look at something they could eat less of and still be okay, I think the refined grains and the starchy carbohydrate sources are things people could probably get by eating less of. Although I will say, um, you know, the poor potato, um, 
I think a lot of times it's the way we eat potatoes and yep. how much of it we eat than it is the potato itself. I, I just, you know, people point to things like French fries and potato chips as, as reasons why they eat to overeat and gain weight and, and things that they can cut out of their diet to help them lose weight, and they blame the potato. And I, I'm just not sure that's fair because... I challenge someone to gain weight eating, say, like a plain baked potato. No kidding, right? And and <laughs> it's because they load them up with cheese and bacon and sour cream. That's what, and you know, Dr. Parr, my dad, who's 92 years old and still kicking and working full time, when he used to get home from school, his mother, for their snack, would hand him a fresh-from-the-oven baked potato or a baked sweet potato in a towel, Mm-hmm. And and that's what she would give him to eat. Here's your hot potato, and go <laughs> eat that for your snack. And he'd put a little salt on it or just eat the sweet potato plain, and that was his snack a day. And let me tell you, not one of them has an ounce of fat on their bodies. Yeah, and I think I think you have to look at the amount, right? So they, they eat one potato, but how many potato chips would someone eat? That's and right. if you take, you know, the French fries you eat when you go, when you get French fries with something, and and how many potatoes is that? You know, I, yeah, I don't think do we even know the answer to that question? Well, because I, I do love French fries, but yeah, how many potatoes is that? How many potatoes is that? And and would plus you eat fried. that many plain potatoes? Yeah, plus it's fried. It, and, and so I think this is again why eating food as close to the way as it exists in nature is a good idea. It really prevents an awful lot of overeating. It does. Right? So wrap it up for us here, Doctor Parr. Good. Good carbs, bad carbs, unnecessary and necessary carbohydrates, as you and I prefer to call them. And what you want people to know right now, because here's a chance to tell everybody, instead of saying it 42 times a day to all the people that ask you this question. Yeah, I think that carbohydrates are do not need to be banned from our diets. I think that we should be smarter about the carbohydrates we pick. Um, legumes and whole grains and vegetables and fruits are good sources. Um, I think that a lot of us could do well with cutting out some unnecessary carbohydrates. The uh, the basket of corn chips that go along with our burrito or the unlimited breadsticks before we have a pasta dish at a restaurant. Um, but banning carbs altogether, I, I don't think is is necessary for most people or, or even wise for a lot of people. I couldn't agree more completely and such great information. You're listening to Life's Too Short. Remember, it is too short, so you have to make the most of it. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review so that like-minded people can get involved in these shows, in these segments, because we have the experts from the American College of Sports Medicine. That is the gold standard in the fitness industry. So just like and rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes and listen to us on RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.